Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Indie Pioneers by Cosmetics Design Asia, where we get to hear from some of the most fascinating independent beauty brands from Asia Pacific. My guest today is Harini Siva Kuma, the founder and CEO of Earth Rhythm, a beauty brand based in India that started out as a home-based business and today is looking to pull $13 million in revenue by the end of this year. Here to tell us more about her journey is the brilliant Harini herself. Hi Harini, it's lovely to see you again. How have you been? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Amanda, for having me today. So let's start a little ways back, right? When the brand, when Earth Rhythm was still Soapworks India, right? A home-based business just transitioning into a fully-fledged you know, beauty manufacturer. What was this transition like for you? If I say it was very easy, I will definitely be lying. So <laughs> the transition was definitely uh, something that, you know, it was a staged manner and it, it went on really from one stage to another. We moved. Uh, so I started off as a homegrown entrepreneur. I, I studied to be a banker and uh, I quit my full-time banking career uh, back in 2015 when uh, my son was born and, you know, uh, he had a disability which required me to stay back at home. Um, no no regrets about it. I thoroughly enjoyed being the new mom, being around him and all of that. And of course, uh, I did not want a lot of uh, you know, my attention being divided between my work and my son. So I, I quit my career and I decided to stay back home for a couple of more years. Um, so the transition, see, for a new, uh, for a homegrown entrepreneur, right? So uh, let me take it from my perspective, right? So I was a mother and I was trying to build something on my own. So my uh, transition was more towards, you know, how will a woman uh, who's used to staying at home for five years as a homemaker, transitioning into a full-time entrepreneur is, is definitely a journey worth mentioning, right? So in my case, um, the biggest challenge was stepping out of home, right? So um, the transition for me was more towards, I wouldn't really post it like, you know, um, work-wise or, you know, um, the brand-wise taking it off was difficult. But as a personally, as a human, I think, you know, as a mother, for me, the transition was really, really very difficult for me to accept the fact that, you know, um, hey, he's going to be safe at home. I need to go and look at my work as well. It took a you know, fair bit of time. It took me about a year for me to get into that groove of, you know, uh, dividing my work time and my home time and not really, you know, mixing both up. Um, that was the first challenge I think, you know, I had as a mother stepping out of my comfort zone uh, and getting out of the home base setup. Professionally, I think when, when I stepped out, um, the first challenge for me, um, I believe that, you know, uh, uh, we are a bottoms-up company, right? Since we are a homegrown company, uh, we did not, you know, literally it was just me and my dad at the initial stages. And then we took some, uh, you know, the executive level, the, the managerial level, and we slowly grew up in terms of, you know, the recruitment, the hierarchy and everything. So the first challenge we had was uh, getting quality people to work with us, right? So that comes, of course, you know, um, when you are really small, of course, you know, a lot of people whom you would want to, uh, you know, want to hire would not really want to work with a very small brand. So, you know, ideally you would end up doing everything. No regrets about that. So I can proudly say that right from graphic designing to manufacturing to delivery boy, I've done all of it most will willingly. Uh, I wouldn't call this as a challenge. I would call it as a learning curve uh, in every entrepreneur's journey. 
uh, you know, where you will have to, you know, end up doing most of the uh, tasks yourself. Um, that's the second thing about it. Um, and I think in the journey, I did come across um, some challenges. I think I would say um, where, you know, being a woman at times itself could be a challenge. Uh, you know, at least I have gone through the space of, you know, uh, going to a meeting and somebody asking me, is somebody else joining you in the meeting? I'm like, no, it's just me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've gone through all of that uh, literally, you know, as a as a homegrown entrepreneur, as a, as a woman entrepreneur. Uh, and I take pride in saying that, you know, um, uh, we've really crossed all of that, you know, uh, hurdles or challenges that came our way and, you know, letting the world know that, hey, here's a woman who's trying to, you know, create something out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I'm sure it couldn't have been easy. Hats off to you for making it work. <laughs> Thank you. Right. So, in our previous conversations, you know, when I, when I speak to you, you were evidently someone who enjoys product development the most. You know, what about that resonates with you so deeply? Product development came very naturally to me um, because the, if you look at the, the whole, uh, you know, the brand ideation, how the brand came into existence, it all started from me exploring into the product, the ingredients, what I need to use for my son, what I should eliminate. So literally, I spent the initial part of the years in just understanding the whole skincare uh, beauty ecosystem, understanding what are the ingredients, why uh, certain ingredients are demonized, why certain ingredients are really popular, um, trying to understand what really fragrances can do to your skincare product. And, you know, these were certain things that I took interest in learning. Uh, as part of it, ultimately, I ended up studying a couple of courses as well. I did a course in Formula Botanica. I did a course in Institute of Personal Care Sciences. Um, these courses basically enabled me to understand chemistry in detail. Like I come from a very pure commerce background. I did my bachelor's in commerce and MBA in retail management. So um, the phase included of me unlearning my entire economics, commerce, accountancy, and then relearning the organic chemistry, inorganic chemistry, right? So um, having, you know, having said that, the entire journey for me, the shift has been beautiful in terms of how I've embraced uh, the product as part of my, you know, the core competency. Um, I took over the ownership of taking the product in the company, right? So right from the product development to the NPDs, new product development, um, to the R&D process at Earthrhythm, everything is handled by me. I guess that explains why the brand places such strong emphasis on ingredients. I really took time in understanding what ingredients were meant. So, you know, if you look at Earthrhythm product portfolio itself is a, is a is a you know is is clearly resonates that you know it's an ingredient driven kind of a product portfolio that we have. So if you look at our product label, it would clearly mention the ingredients saying 10% niacinamide, 2% salicylic acid, um, where we focus more on educating consumers about ingredients rather than giving claims as you know anti-acne, anti-aging, anti-brightening. Or you know, things like that. We we want to you know stay far away from giving just vague claims, but rather giving them more information about ingredients and empowering them to understand what an ingredient could do and could not do to their skin. Um, so um, you know today we have a R and D team uh, you know who works on you know formulations who, who does a lot of research and understanding what are the claims around the ingredient, claims around the product, the testing parameters that we do for the product formulation. Um, all this you know was a slow process. I think in the initial stages, what really worked 
or you know rather um, was on my side was my uh, enthusiasm to you know just study and understand this whole space and eventually i did learn a lot of things right so for example um interestingly um you know paraben is not as you know uh, as big a villain that you know the whole the marketing industry claims it to be right so um you know unfortunately the, the minute you put something like paraben free on a label the consumers tend to think oh that means paraben is a villain here it's, it's you know it's 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 demonized but you know to be very honest if you when i started studying uh, chemistry i was shocked to know that there wasn't a single report available to claim uh whether paraben really caused cancer or not there was not a single report right but that's how the environment is posed today so i think you know um that really led me to you know uh, be more inquisitive to understand what is right and what is wrong so if you look at earth rhythm we stop posting things like uh, you know paraben free sulfate free unless and until there is a strong claim proving that you know this is harmful to you know human um at all uh, until then we don't even post anything so we we encourage our consumers also to think similarly um you know what is good what is not good you need to read and if there is evidence behind it uh, you should follow it for example another example that you know we recently did was uh, coral reef sunscreen right um it's very popular throughout the world everybody talks about coral reef sunscreen uh, sunscreen actually clogging the seas and you know how you know uh, chemical sunscreen should be avoided completely and people should move to mineral sunscreen again interestingly there is no report or evidence proven that you know uh, mineral sunscreen is safer than chemical sunscreen and I'm, i'm not trying to you know prove a point that you know chemicals are better but i'm just trying to educate the consumers to understand that you know it's it's ultimately the consumer's choice which should you know drive them to use the right kind of product but not the fear or anything so all this right so unless and until i have the information or i have the understanding about the ingredient the product the formulation i will not be able to convince or convey this effectively to my consumers right um so you know right you know even even till today working with my social media team or working with my uh, you know uh, you know anybody who is representing the brand i clearly want to sit with them and let them know what earth rhythm stands for because ultimately sometimes what happens is somebody buys the product and if they're endorsing it they would simply say paraben free sulfate free organic natural so i would stop them and say hey 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 no 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 you know just slow down that's not what we want to tell right so it, it it's taken a great deal of time for me to you know um, build that ecosystem around earth rhythm saying that this is what earth rhythm is doing this is a product or an ingredient driven company where we you know give more emphasis on ingredients formulations testing parameters and you know it just i think you know um that's the biggest um uh, i think the you know boon that earth rhythm has that you know i have the complete control over the product development and r&d yeah that's genuinely a huge problem that we have in the industry you know i i actually have a, a contact that jokes um that when someone asks her for an a product that's organic, natural, paraben free, ocean safe, you know, she usually replies, you know, let me go out back and find you a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, could you give me a bit of insight into what the product development process is like at Earth Rhythm? Okay, so um interestingly yesterday only I answered this question to one of our investors as well. <laughs> oh, you got to so answer, you got to give me a good answer now then. 
<laughs> so I'm going to repeat it now to you, <laughs> which is what we do at Earthsudom. So uh, usually the NPD, uh, the new product development at Earthsudom is uh, phased out into three categories, right? Uh, the first category is generally uh, towards uh, a product uh, which targets the mass audience, right? Now, usually this product is generally, which is available in the market, for example, like say a deodorant or say a simple product like say a soap or a, or a shampoo, which is a more of an essential category, which every single individual requires in their day-to-day -day life. So we, 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 put, we put the you know new product development into three buckets. One will be you know catering to the mass market. The second uh, bucket will be ingredient-driven product. Now, ingredient-driven product, product is where my team actually does some research to understand what are the you know upcoming ingredients that are more effective potent and what kind of results can it give to consumers for example um, recently we are doing a study on shikimic acid right now shikimic acid is derived from the star anise which is a, a spice which is an asian spice right um, but you know this shikimic acid has the ability uh, to have amazing exfoliating uh, capacities, which can actually work very well in a deodorant. So we're trying to build on, you know, ingredient-driven products, which are well-researched, which has a lot of, you know, backing behind them, proving to, you know, claim something in terms of exfoliation, in terms of brightening, in terms of anti-aging, many other things, right? Um, the third bucket is usually, uh, you know, uh, how do I say, market trend driven. So there are trends that are coming into market. It can be the Korean trend, it can be the Japanese trend, it can be the uh, the upcoming minimalistic trend that is coming. So uh, the third bucket would generally be trend driven. So usually our NPDs are, you know, um, you know, uh, bifurcated between these three buckets uh, and there would be good amount of, you know, concentration in terms of how many mass market products will be launched this year, how many ingredient-driven products will we bring into the catalog and how many um, trend-based, you know, uh, market trend-based products will we be bringing into the market. Uh, once we know exactly what is the product, what is the ingredient and what is the trend we are targeting, and then we draw the product that will come using those trends. For example, in a trend-driven, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a market trend-based bucket, what we do is we wanted to bring a product which could replace essentially three or four products as one single product, right? So for example, the minimalistic skincare trend that is coming up, if I can convince a customer to say that, hey, I'll give you one product which can do the job of three things in your routine, consumers are more than happy to check out three products and simply use one product because it can actually do the job of moisturizing. It can do the job of treating. It can do the job of protecting, which is a sunscreen as well, right? This is how, you know, our, um, you know, uh, you know, our R&D and NPD would look like. We would want to sit and brainstorm to understand how well can we fit a product or an ingredient into our formulation and what would be the best form of delivery of that ingredient. So um, we wouldn't be using a shikamic acid in, in a shampoo bar because at the end of the day, it's a rinse off, right? It's going to just wash away. You want to put water and wash it away. Instead, can we use it in a body lotion? Can we use it in a deodorant? Can we use it in a, in a leave-on product where it will enter the skin and it will show result, right? So, you know, these are ways, innovative ways where we figure out how, you know, how well can we innovate and bring some, you know, concepts into the market which are very unique. Now, Harini, before I let you go, um, I just have one last question. Um, is there one indie beauty brand or brand owner that you personally admire and why? When I started working on formulations, right, uh, 
I started looking out at, you know, brands like Dunkel itself, Inky List. Again, Inky List is another brand actually connected with the founder on LinkedIn and she was so nice. And, you know, we connected really well. And I think, you know, um, the community is very, very uh, friendly. Uh, I really like the fact that, you know, these brands are doing so well in the West and, you know, they've brought in that perspective of, you know, empowering consumers with information. That's the most critical thing that, you know, these brands have actually cracked. And, you know, that gave me the confidence and conviction that if this is possible there, it is possible in India as well. We can empower consumers to think uh, neutrally as to what is right and wrong for their skin, right? So that was the whole idea. I mean, I really do a lot of inspiration. In terms of Indian brands, I think there's an Indian brand called Minimalist. I really take a lot of, uh, you know, you know, inspiration from them as well. They're a startup brand just like us. Um, but I think they're doing really well and they've exactly taken the same path of educating consumers. And I think the space uh, is really exciting at this point of time. And, you know, consumers in India as well, um, they no longer, uh, they simply, you know, the marketing kind of, you know, uh, you just put anything on the marketing, you know, uh, on the marketing clips and people will simply buy the product off the shelf. No, consumers these days are becoming more and more aware thanks to social media, thanks to uh, the uh, the technology advancement that we have right now. People have access to a lot of information, which is very, very good. And I think brands like us, we are trying to utilize it much more effectively to, you know, empower our consumers to have more information about, you know, the choices that they can make. Well, Harini, it was very lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda, for having me over. I did thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. This has been Amanda for CosmeticsDesignAsia.com. Join me again in the next episode for more conversations with beauty's indie pioneers.